Joined as always by Alice and Aletha. Al, how are you doing? Uh, you know what? I'm a bit salty this morning, but I'm sure we'll get into that later this podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I was salty yesterday, but I feel far less salty now um, because I eventually did beat the game. Of course, uh, we're talking about Cadence of Hyrule Symphony of the Mask, which we are going to be reviewing this episode and uh you know this isn't much of a spoiler to our review or anything like that but it is bleeping hard (laughs) it's so hard it's so yeah yeah. both allison and i were grinding yesterday trying to play it yeah it's uh, not not we'll get there (laughs) not fun (laughs) um i'm pretty good though we had our we had our first snowfall of the year here in uh in calgary alberta and uh, you know what i mentioned this on virtual theater my other podcast, but I think it bears repeating here too. Normally, when I go and record a podcast, so, so my setup downstairs, I got my office downstairs, my computer downstairs, and it is directly against the wall of my furnace. So, in order to have the purest audio quality, uh, I actually shut my furnace off when I record almost every single time. Um, because, you know, you could just hear that, like, going in the background, and, and it kind of, you know, it kind of sucks. But you know what? It's cold. Today, I was just like, this furnace is staying on, by God. And, uh, you know, I made the executive decision to do the same thing here today with the Champions cast. So, if you hear my furnace, I'm sorry. But I'm not that sorry, actually. <laughs> well, as long as you're staying warm, that's what matters, right? That, yep, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and, of course... Uh, I'm gonna be moving in like two weeks, so we're moving in the snow. So that's cool. But yeah, I mean things are things are good. Things are good, and I am excited to talk about Cadence of High Rule. I loved that game, so I was really excited to get into the DLC. But before we get there, Allison, we should probably touch on a few pieces of Zelda news uh, in the world of Nintendo. Um, the first and foremost being that a new trailer dropped for Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, featuring none other than the pot-bellied, portly leader of the Yiga clan, Master Koga. And this time, he came with uh, full voice acting, so kind of cool. I, you know what? I'm not salty about this at all. I, I was so excited. First of all, I am not, like, a huge, huge fan of the voice acting in Breath of the Wild, but Master Koga's voice acting is perfect. I love it. Although I am a little bit confused about who he really is because... Master Koga is in Breath of the Wild, so is he a hundred years older, or is this his like predecessor or something? So I got some questions. Well, so so one thing to keep in mind is that Master Koga is a title that's passed down. So it's, oh, uh, okay. So so that can be passed down from like one leader to the next. I was kind of thinking like that reminded me of like how in Batman Begins, like Raz Al Ghul is is a title passed down or whatever. Gotcha. But I, I think it's pretty obvious, looking at him, that this is the same Master Koga. Like, he's 
he's fat, he's goofy, he uh, he didn't have a voice actor in Breath of the Wild, but I swear, this the voice actor they had in this trailer is like the spitting image of what I pictured his voice sounding yeah. like in Breath of the Wild, so oh, I think I it's the it. same guy. I love it, I'm so excited. And you know what, I think, I think that's okay, like I can... Um, I can accept that Master Koga is like a hundred years old in Breath of the Wild. That that's that's fine to me. Like maybe there's some some kind of like magic or, or something like that. I don't need much of an explanation uh, myself to to have that make sense to me. Um, so I'm cool with that. But Allison, the thing that everybody is actually talking about from that trailer is not Master Koga himself, but the mysterious hooded figure at the end of the trailer and i have heard a ton of theories going around about who this guy could be very mysterious looking he's holding a staff which um which looks very ominous we get a close-up shot of his eyes uh allison what did you think of this um i was also super excited about this because i first noticed on the cloak he has a gerudo or he or she has a gerudo sim symbol on the back so that tells me it's probably actually a female and then also the headpiece that she's wearing is looks like the eyes from the blights, the uh, like demented eyes coming from the the goop, and also the eyes of the crusty looking figure in Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, which everybody is assuming is Ganondorf. So, I I mean it's pretty obvious this is a Ganondorf supporter, but I mean I still want to know who they are and what they're all about, and they're holding like this um corrupted um core like a giant ancient core looking thing so i saw somebody say oh that makes sense maybe that's how calamity ganon was able to corrupt all the guardians yes which i think is so God. cool I, I would be absolutely over the moon if if this character prove or provided like the methods for taking over the the guardians and stuff like that so anybody that's been listening to this show for god this show's been this show is almost three years old anybody that's been listening to this show has heard me complain time and time again about how was calamity ganon able to uh basically commandeer the guardians of divine beasts and if he had this power why didn't he do it in the first place uh ten thousand years ago so i've been harping about that for years nobody cares about this except for me and I feel like the old man yelling at the clouds. But man, if, if Age of Calamity gave us a reason to to say like this is how it was done, I would just I would be so happy. I could die content. I would I could finally just stop and put my fist down and stop yelling at the clouds. It would be so great. I would love 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 to see that. God, I hope that's true. You know, this makes me... I would love it. It makes me wonder how long they've had this story aspect that we're going to see in Age of Calamity in the Zelda team's, like, developers' heads. Because they gave us Breath of the Wild, and, like, as we can see already just from trailers of Age of Calamity, they left so much stuff out. Like, why did yeah. they make that so ambiguous? And And now it's making me wonder if they've had all this stuff in their heads for the last, I don't know seven eight nine years yep and totally and, and you know what too maybe you know in this in this trailer we do see some of the yiga clan bowing down to this hooded figure so that could also maybe provide the answer of how koga was able to survive you know relatively unchanged for um hundreds of years or at least a hundred years uh one thing that i do want to mention allison is like 
I actually don't think that this is probably true at all, but I have heard a lot of people say, like, you know who this hooded figure looks like? It looks like Vadi, or it looks like Yuga. Yeah. And I don't think that that's going to be the case. I don't know how it would make sense, but man, can you imagine if that was Vadi and, like, he showed up in a 3D form in Age of Calamity and, like, maybe came back in Breath of the Wild 2? I would just go berserk if that was the case. That would be so incredible. Yeah, I mean, I also don't think that it's Vadi or Yuga, but I can understand because this figure does look a lot like them or resembles their silhouettes, I guess. And so I can see it being a character like them. I don't think it would be either of them, but I do agree that that would be really cool, like Vadi coming back. Or even you, I really like Yuga too. Coming back in this 3D setting of something this monumental, it would be awesome. I just don't think that that's who it is. You know, a lot of people yeah. are saying that this is some kind of fortune teller that said the prophecy from um, Breath of the Wild, the one that King Rome is talking about. I don't know about that either, but I, I, there's a lot of interesting theories out there. Yep, definitely. Um, and lots of lots of stuff swirling around. And uh, again, like we are, as of today, we're like a month away from Age of Calamity, so not that long of a wait. Yes. And I'm sure that there will be more of these, like, mini trailers leading into you know leading into the game's release we've had the trailers about uh robbie and pura we've had one for Rebosa. we've had the, the look at daruk so there are still some characters like revali and mifa that we have yet to see and i'm sure that there's probably another character or two that they have yet to reveal as playable so i think there's still a lot of surprises but man i just i love this part of like the new zelda hype train you Me know where like too. the stuff is is coming out you don't know and you're just my yeah, only this is my only gripe about it is that Nintendo is showing a pattern of Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock PST showing these trailers, Ugh. and I literally can't get anything done for the rest of my Tuesday. <laughs> the worst, No, the worst part is they're just like, oh, here's this trailer. We're going to have an exclusive look at Age of Calamity, and it's going to be tomorrow uh, at like oh, yeah, 8 a.m., like and they give you house. like eight hours notice, yeah. and it's... Uh, it's it's not good for people like us that report on this stuff. Yeah, but right. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, so yeah, we will have to stay tuned and see. The other piece of Zelda news that we should get to before we finally get into uh, Cadence of Hyrule is the fan game, uh, The Legend of Zelda The Missing Link, has been another casualty of Nintendo's uh, aggressive cease and desist policies. It got shut down, probably not to the surprise of anybody, um, I'm surprised that it didn't get shut down sooner. Yeah. I was lucky enough to score a, I guess I'll use the word copy, of this game. So uh, we will be talking about the missing link at some point on the show. Um, I think I gave Allison, I think I gave you a copy of it too. So uh, eventually we're going to play through that. We're going to give you our thoughts. I've played about 10 minutes of it. It's very cool. And, uh, you know, it's it's too bad that it got shut down. But uh, that's the risk, I guess, you take when... When you're modding some of Nintendo's stuff, they are notoriously protective of their IPs. Yeah, this takes us, takes or at least me back to one of the questions we had on the cast about what Nintendo's most valuable IP is, and I said it was Zelda just because of this reason. Like, you can make... It, there's so many things that you could do with Mario that people have done and got away with, but I feel like Zelda, they just, they just take the hammer down on them way too quickly and way too often. Yeah, it's it's too bad, and um, you know it reminds me of when Nintendo put the hammer down on AM2R, which was the Metroid 2 remake, 
which is probably I, I think I would say that's the greatest fan made game ever. Um, and it's just it's too bad, you know. I get that you want to protect your IP, but at the same time, you do have fans, and they're you know they're trying to bring life into the community. Um, I, I think that it's definitely one thing if you are modding this and creating a fan-made game and then you're selling it, I think absolutely that is a cause for Nintendo to come in and say, like, no, 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 you're not making money off of our IP. But, you know, for, I don't know, for just a fan game and you're distributing it because you love the series to fans that love the series, it, it always kind of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, but I do understand it, so... Yeah, it's all business. You no, know, it's, it's too bad. It's all business. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, we have a copy of The Missing Link, so we will definitely be uh, be looking into covering that on the show sometime in the future. But in the immediate future, as in right now, we are going to be talking about Cadence of Hyrule, Symphony of the Mask. Um, this was the, I'm presuming, the final batch of DLC for Cadence of Hyrule. And we've been playing it this last week, and good God. Good God. <sighs> A heavy sigh. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I, I think I just want to go back and set the table a little bit here. I love Cadence of Hyrule. I think that it's so fun. Um, I really, like, I, I thought that it was actually a much better game than I was expecting it to be. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I was very engaged. Uh, the music is just, it's, it's awesome. There's not a single bad track in that game. Um, I had a really fun time. When I was playing Cadence of Hyrule, I kind of went back and uh, was looking at my original file. It's I, I think I sunk about ten hours into the game. Um, I died about seventy times, and I and I got a hundred percent of the items. So I I really really enjoy Cadence of Hyrule, and I think that the DLC so far has been really fun. They've released uh, some some heavy metal tracks as DLC. Uh, they've released new playable characters like Octavio and Impa and Dark Link and, and Dark Zelda, so that's kind of cool. Um, and they even released a mode that's like, it, it plays very similar to um, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, which was basically just one big dungeon. So there's a lot of stuff to really love about Cadence of Hyrule. And I think that there's a lot of stuff to love about Symphony of the Mask in particular too. But I did just kind of want to say before we get into this game that like I am a really big fan the original base game and Allison I know that you didn't play it a ton but did you have a chance to play the original at all before you before you delved into Symphony of the Mask yeah so I did and I I will also like come start this off with a positive note that I do like the concept I think it's really cool that you have to move to the beat of the music and you kind of have to be smart and strategic with, with it because the enemies also move to their own specific like move sets and beats so that you kind of have to think about what they're going to do and make your move before they do. So I do like that. I think it's a really awesome concept. I did play a little bit of Cadence um, last year uh, or heck, even the, I think it came out two years ago um, at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. I died a lot and I wasn't very good at it. I think it's because I don't know how to keep a beat at all. <laughs> But I think it's cool, the art style's cool, and the music is, like, definitely the highlight for me. So I will say that about the series as a whole. Yeah, the, the music is awesome. Uh, you, I mean, you can't say that enough. And, like, and I mean, really, this game kind of, you know, it, it lives or dies by the strength of its music right. in a rhythm-based game, and it knocks it out of the park. I think, like, every remix is awesome. There's not... 
there's not like one tune where you're just kind of not bopping and, and whatever along to the music. So it's really good. And actually, you know what? I was going to mention this later, but I'll mention it now. I love the art style too. I think that it's like very charming. Um, it's like, it's kind of, it's not too serious, but it's also not goofy. Uh, it, it hits the right blend. And I think that Skull Kid in particular actually looks really, really good in this. Um, and you get to play a Skull Kid, which you've never, I, you've never got to do in the Zelda series. That I mean, you've never played a Skull Kid, right? Am I missing anything? I mean, aside from Hyrule Warriors, but but well, yeah, this is like this is like Skull Kid's adventure, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so um, I think that that's really cool. I think that the idea of him having masks is really cool. Yeah, for sure. And different abilities is really cool. Um, so I was I was very excited to uh, to get into this and start playing because, like I said, I love the original, and um, I loved. You know, I, I just think it's cool playing a Skull Kid. Um, so, I fired this up last week, and right away, I had read that the overworld map, it's about half the size as the regular Cadence of Hyrule map, which I kind of verified after. It's, it's almost exactly half the size. But, every single screen has double the amount of enemies on it than the original base game. I would say, in, in average, there's probably about double the amount of enemies coming at you and you know there's a lot of new enemies in symphony of the mask so there's definitely a lot going on it's very combat based yeah i think that makes me feel better knowing that it's double the enemies <laughs> it makes me feel better for how terrible i was doing especially at the beginning yeah so you know i kind of mentioned when we were doing the champions ballad that one of the things that the champions ballad really did that I think worked really, really well is it kind of featured... It, it almost eased players back into the game because the DLC came out so so long after, you know, your average player had probably stopped playing Breath of the Wild and moved on to Mario Odyssey or whatever, right? Um, I, I think that by starting you off in the Great Plateau, it was good and it eased you back into the groove of things before sending you out into the world to find the rest of the champion songs. Uh, <laughs> Symphony of the Mask does not know the meaning of ease you back into things. <laughs> yeah. So you start off as Skull Kid and you're in the Deku Village, which actually we got to give a shout out to because the Deku Village theme song is rockin'. It's so good. It's a remix of the Deku Palace from uh, Majora's Mask. This was really, really good. I loved it. I did too. And I, I it it made me think, do you, did, were you one of the people that said that you didn't really care for the Deku Palace song when we were talking about Majora's Mask back in February? Oh, no, 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 I love that Okay, song. well, somebody said that they didn't like it, and I was like, oh, I wish they would listen to this version, because it's great. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I, I think that is, like, one of the better tracks from Majora's Mask, actually. I, I think that's a great tune. Me too. I, I, I always love that one, and it never hurt me to spend a lot of time in there because of the music, which I could say that about this, too. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, and you kind of get that, that Ocarina of Time kind of vibe or whatever because you you start off as skull kid and you go and you meet the great deku tree and he's just like hey uh, i don't feel good there's something inside of me you need to go and get it and uh he tasks you with going inside of a dungeon under him to retrieve the skull mask so i was like this is kind of cool like we got a little bit of majora's mask we got a little bit of ocarina of time i'm really digging this so far yeah and then you go into the dungeon oh yeah it... So this this game does not know the meaning of ease you back into the swing of things. This opening dungeon 
was absolutely brutal. It was brutal. Um, there are there's only one floor in this dungeon, which is it doesn't seem like a lot because the the other dungeons in uh, the base game of Cadence of Hyrule, I think they have like three, sometimes four floors to them. But like, first of all, you only have three hearts. And then you go in, there is a million enemies everywhere. You're, you're still kind of getting back into the groove of things, you know, moving to the beat. Um, and you have the Deku mask on as your base mask. And the Deku mask basically allows you to only headbutt people. So you have to be directly in front of enemies in order to hit them. Now, the way the Cadence of Hyrule works is, like, you can eventually upgrade your weaponry where, like, you can hit enemies from maybe like a diagonal tile away or you can hit them from two tiles away or something where you don't have to be like right up close next to them so you do not have that in this opening dungeon and there are enemies coming at you everywhere from every direction i i probably died over 50 times in this opening dungeon before i somehow finagled my way out Uh, it was brutal yeah, I mean, I was actually really, I was really confused because it was so hard. I was just like, God, I don't think this, am I really this bad? I mean, I'm bad at this game, but I didn't think I was that terrible. So it confused me, and then Andy and I were talking about it, and he told me that it was way harder than Cadence, and so that made me feel better because I was like, God, I just can't even get through this first portion. But I also eventually finagled my way out of there, and... I, I don't I couldn't tell you how many times I died I I wasn't keeping track at all it's just you know even if it's a harder version of the game I feel like the first portion should at least still be kind of easier so like as you say easing you back into the the way that the game works and all that kind of stuff but god it was like it was like you were doing the Gerudo arena already so, and I, oh. I personally actually like that it was only one floor. I appreciate that those caves were only one floor because I'll, I'll talk about this at the dungeon later. It got really confusing for me. So I appreciated just the one floor. I don't know if I could have taken two floors. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely brutal. And when I say brutal, I don't mean the gameplay is bad. It's fun. I yeah. just mean it was so hard. It was so punishing. And you know what? That's going to be a reoccurring theme about our, you know, review of uh, Symphony of the Mask here. And I consider myself a good Cadence of Hyrule player. Um, like, I played, you know, I, I've played Cadence of Hyrule, uh, I think, two or three times. And in my second playthrough, when I kind of had the swing of things, I think I beat it and I died maybe, like, a dozen times or something like that. So, like, to die 50 times in the opening dungeon was pretty demoralizing and like i get it that you know skull kid is a weaker character than maybe a zelda or a link uh it, this this was just like just absolutely punishing i heard somebody refer to this as like the dark souls of cadence of my rule <laughs> and uh i don't know i've never played dark souls but someone out there can tell me if that's yeah. accurate or not but yeah this was this was crazy i mean like for reference in the first dungeon you have three hearts in the first dungeon you're fighting Lynels, uh, there's Dodongos, there's uh, Redeads. Like, they, they are, the big boys are in this dungeon, and they are coming at you. They did not hold you. back. No, and like I said, this is the first half an hour of the game. And, uh, you know, eventually, like, you can 
um, you can buy an extra heart container. Uh, I think it I think it costs like five diamonds or something like that, and I thought that that was gonna solve my problems. It and did nope, not. <laughs> I still died again and again and again, and eventually, finally, somehow, uh, I got I I got my way out of there. But yeah, that was that was probably the perfect tone setter for the rest of this game, because it it tell it tells you what this DLC is all about. It was definitely rough. Very, very rough. You know, and I, it kind of made me think, like, okay, this is probably, like, the hero mode, like, Breath of the Wild's hero mode to Cadence of Hyrule, but even Breath of the Wild's hero mode isn't that hard. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was brutal. Um, but eventually, you know, eventually I did get out of the, of the dungeon. I got my skull mask, which looked very cool, by the way. I think all the masks look very cool, and Skull Kid himself. Like I said, the artwork is cool, but his sprite is also very cool. Um, but eventually I got out of there. I went and played the shooting game. Did you play this thing, Allison? Uh, no, I didn't because I never had enough rupees because I died way too much. I think that's one of yeah. the most dumb thing about this game is the loss of your rupees every time you die. I just think that's so dumb. I'm sorry, but you like, I understand the challenge, but I hate it. You know what I noticed, actually, is that... So what carries over is diamonds. So if you collect some diamonds, no matter when you die, you get to keep your diamonds. But your rupees are... Uh, they're gone whenever you're dead. Yeah. So I kind of noticed the same thing, where it's like in, in the base game, Cadence of Hyrule, you, you could go to the shop and you could buy items, like you could buy a bottle or you could buy a, a bow or, or whatever, right? You could go in there and you would exchange it for diamonds, instead of rupees and in this game it's pretty much rupees are the currency for everything and i was like like i think at the end of the game i had like 200 diamonds and i was like like what what am i spending these on yeah. i mean like every time you die you have the option to you can buy like a shovel or you can buy some bombs or something like that and there may be like two or three or four diamonds but like there's nothing really super useful i don't think that you can spend your diamonds on yeah in this I, game and that was something that i noticed like throughout the entire thing because i mean you die so often that you're pretty much perma broke always i noticed that too with the diamonds because like um you get a lot of the items that you get from the like game over shop in the first like when you play your first square again and you beat a bunch of those enemies you'll get you'll get bombs you'll get um, the torches, you'll get the shovels, so why am I spending my diamonds on these things in the game over screen when I'd rather be spending them on something that's actually helpful? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I definitely did notice that, and it was, it was frustrating at times, um, but then again, I also feel like there are very few shops in the game that really sell you anything that you actually really need, so like, they're there's some shops that they have heart containers, which are obviously something that you need. But then the majority of the shops, with the exception of one temple, which we'll get into in a bit, they, I mean, they just sell you, like, hover boots or uh, the gold shovel or a torch or, like, the stuff that you don't really need either. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't think that it was, like, the biggest, like, the biggest deal that I was always broke, but I did notice, like, you know man, I, I, I have just, a million diamonds and nothing to spend my rupees on. Yeah. Or nothing to spend them on. I just didn't like that I was always broke and I needed a potion to try and get through an area, but I couldn't get a potion without getting through an area to get rupees, but I would die and lose all my rupees. So, 
Well, at least you had a bottle. I, I didn't find a bottle my entire playthrough, with the exception of one of the dungeons, which we'll talk about later. But then you don't get to keep your bottle. You do. You have to choose it, though. I don't though. think you do. You have to choose oh, it. Oh, well, okay, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, I chose wrong. I, I chose to keep the fire rod, uh, and I, like, didn't use it once in the game. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, let, let's let's take it back. Let's let's go back to the beginning here. Uh, I do want to talk about the shooting game for a quick second. There's a there's a shooting game in, in Deku Village where like you have three Deku sprouts at you and you're supposed to push these like these little blocks which redirect the Deku nuts and hit the hit the targets or whatever. I had no idea like the proper way to do this, so I basically just hopped around and tried not to get hit and let the Deku nuts go into the into the bricks where they already were, and I never moved them. And I, I won a heart piece doing this, just kind of hopping around. I think I hit about 15 targets, but, like, literally not on my own. I just, basically, I just moved so that they didn't hit me. So I feel like this was not executed super, super well. Or maybe I just really suck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wouldn't have probably fared any better if I had the chance to do it. So I just think it's it's a tough game is what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell me tell me if this was happening to you as well. I could not, for the life of me, figure out how to leave the frickin' Deku Village after the Great Deku Tree died. I was stuck for, like, probably 30 to 40 minutes. Did, did this happen to you, or did you figure it out? Um, Am I just a fool? I don't think... I don't think... I did have, like, it was a little bit of a struggle, but it wasn't that long. Like, you just have to talk to the guy about finding the, what is it, the pedal clippers or whatever? Yeah, well, so you, you find the pedal clippers, and you bring them back, and you get, uh, what do you get for that? I can't remember. I don't remember either. I've died too many times to remember the first portion of this game. <laughs> oh, you get, you get magic for that. That's right. You get the magic and the special abilities for bringing it back. Um... Which is, like, should have been a clear indication to me, but I just, I could not put it together. And eventually I had to go and find, like, a Let's Play to see, like, how the heck we got out of this village. And I felt like such an idiot after. You go up into your Deku form and you, like, the Deku form is actually pretty cool. You can, you can like, go into the ground and when you uh, pop back up, you can shoot a Deku nut and it travels. And there is this big glaring, like, jewel and I thought it was like a rupee or something like that. So I just, I didn't pay it any attention, but you have to, you have to fire a Deku nut at it. And it took me so God, long yes. to figure this out, longer than I'd care to admit. Yeah, now I remember. Um, also, I wanted, something that you said made me think of something. I also was trying to find like walkthroughs, guides, playthroughs of this game. And I think it was so hard that there's not a lot out there for it. I couldn't find No, not really. I couldn't find a lot. In fact, I, for, and I'll talk about this later, for um, the later portion of the game, I had to find a Twitch player that was playing it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, and, and the fact that the game is, like, randomly generated, too, it makes kind of a, a walkthrough a little bit tougher to produce because, like, really, you only have your set pieces where, like, you know that you'll start off in Deku Village, you know that you'll go to the Gerudo Arena, and you know that you'll go to um, the Temple of Brainstorms, and then you'll go to Hyrule Castle, but, like, everything else kind of in between is is more so up to you and to the well, like, where the game actually places the different, oh, um, the different tiles. I didn't know that. I totally thought it was all the same for everybody. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's 
kind of placed together differently for each game. Although, like, you know, so the beach, for example, will stay together, but it can be to the left or to the right um, on each playthrough. Interesting. The, the Lost Woods can be in a different area. So, like, it, it is a little bit harder to, you that know, to makes produce a walkthrough sense. for that. Yeah. I just thought it was because it was too hard. <laughs> I mean, that, that too. <laughs> Uh, definitely that too. But that's good to know. Um, I had no idea. Let's talk about the special mask abilities here for a second before we kind of move on. Did you, first of all, did you get all the masks? I think I'm missing one. The I'm missing one too. Mask the of mask truth. of truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't find a bottle. So I looked it up to get the mask of truth. You have to catch a golden fish in your bottle yeah. and give it to the fisherman in, uh, in Lake Hylia. Uh, I never had a bottle, but from what I read, uh, catching a golden fish is very hard, and it's uh, a one in, like, I don't know. you got, like, a 5% chance of catching it when you see bubbling water. So I got every other mask except for that. One thing that I think I noticed is that, at least for me, I, I was just like, man, these, like, special abilities that you get for the masks don't really do a whole lot. Yeah. Like, they're not very useful. I didn't use the special um, abilities hardly ever. I, yeah. Like, the you use the Deku nut, like, once to get out of the village, but then, like, it's not super practical or super useful after that. Um, the Goron one isn't really super useful. You kind of roll forward a bit. Uh, the Zora special ability is just, like, a slash, and then so is the dark nut special ability that's another slash and so is the skull mask so like it, you don't i didn't really use them at all i was a little bit disappointed in that uh i guess you know we should mention that the that the zora mask lets you swim if you don't have the flippers but if you do have the flippers it's kind of like a wash so to me i was just like um i was hoping that they would be a little bit more distinctive like kind of like the Deku mask one was, even though that one's not super useful. It's very, like at least it it's seems like a Deku kind of power, you know. Whereas, or maybe the Zora one, you could have dived underwater or something like that. I don't know. I think, but the, I noticed that they all felt a little bit generic. Yeah, I think I think actually the Zora one, you had like an ice ability, like the Zoras that pop out of the water. But at the same time, I didn't know how to control it like at all, so I never used it. Um. But yeah, I uh, I agree. I would I would think about it and I'd be like, oh yeah, I have a special ability, and then I would use it and be like, oh, it's not really much more than what I'm already doing with the mask, like just by moving, you know. So right. yeah, like it's it is cool. Like I do really like the concept that Skull Kid has these masks that he gets to switch between, and that each one does have like a different kind of attack. Um, and there were times where I was thinking, okay, which mask would work better in this scenario? But, yeah, the special abilities for them weren't as um, focused on the on the mask, like, the being that it was taking over. But, yeah, I did like the part where it kind of was like when you're playing Majora's Mask and you switch from the Zora mask to the Goron mask, at least. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that the idea was cool. It's just... Uh... For me, I would have liked them to lean a little bit more into that. And I think I would have liked them to, I don't know, maybe make it so that different parts of, of the game required you to use the different masks a little bit more. Because I don't know about you, but I used the Darknut mask almost exclusively the whole game because the sword reach was just so much bigger. Yeah, I used, I understood that and I did it for certain places, but I mostly used the skull mask because I liked having the spear and doing more long range att uh, attacks. 
Um, right. But yeah, the Zora one was probably the most useful as far as terrain goes because you had to use it for swimming. I didn't have any flippers. I didn't know there were flippers. So. <laughs> oh, see, see, I got the flippers, and and I I actually didn't find out that you could swim with the Zora mask until like way later in the game oh, wow. when I got to the uh, the Temple of Brainstorms. Interesting. Yeah, I used yeah. I definitely used the Zora mask for swimming. Well, um, so let's talk about it. Let's get into the two temples of this game. Um, of course, you know, we it goes without saying that the music in the overworld is awesome. That, those are some of the tracks that you heard in Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, like we said, much, much harder. There are... I think I got every chest, except for there's one in Death Mountain. It's a blue chest. You have 80 seconds to defeat all the enemies, and I just couldn't do it. I still can't, because it's got, like four black lizalfos that just won't pop out and attack me and like you have to go out of your way to get them out but anyway so the, the overworld is very cool it's very very challenging lots of enemies but your main goal is to go to the two temples and get the items that will uh, let you into hyrule castle and the first one that i stumbled across was the the chamber of brainstorms and i think that this place is kind of cool um, it it kind of reminded me of like the uh, the shrines from Breath of the Wild. It kind of had that, that oh, vibe yeah. to it for me. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now that you say that, that totally did. I liked it. So a lot. I thought that uh, I thought that they were pretty neat. I did notice though that the the music inside it was it was good. It wasn't Zelda music though. It was just kind of like a just kind of like a, a cool bop and tune or like am i crazy did i, I miss uh, a zelda remix or something i don't know i don't i can't it at the very least i could say it wasn't very memorable though i will say for death mountain i do have in my notes here that the death mountain remix song sounds like something muse would make and it just gave me very much muse vibes which i thought you would appreciate <laughs> But yeah, I like that. the music in the dungeon, I don't, I can't remember, like, even the caves have more Zelda feel to it than, maybe it was, it could have been like Hyrule Castle from A Link to the Past, if I'm remembering right, but that tells you, I think, as much as you need to know that it wasn't as memorable. Right. Yeah, I, I thought that it would have been, like, really, really cool if they would have had, like, a really bopping remix of like the shrine theme from breath of the wild but that that's probably a little bit of a reach yeah but um yeah this is a cool dungeon so you're stripped of all your items and you have to slowly reacquire them as you go through this dungeon it is very very puzzle focused yes. um there is combat but not a ton and the the combat that's there is more so a puzzle in itself too because you have to figure out how to defeat these enemies in a close like uh, a close enclosed space and you have to do it without taking hit or missing a beat. So it's really a puzzle, like, figuring out where you have to jump rather than, like, beating the actual enemy. Right. Um, I thought that this was good. I thought that the puzzles were, were for the most part, really good. I will say, it took me far longer than I would like to admit to, to figure out how, like, the electric puzzles worked and, like, what you needed to do yes. to, like, activate the uh, the yellow switches. Did you have that same yes, problem? Yes, thank you. I was like, why is this so difficult to figure out? Okay, can you actually tell me what it was? Because I think I still don't know. So, so basically the way that it works is there's um, a yellow line that goes out into the room. And th think of it, think of it almost like, a, we'll just use this as an example, it's a big X, and at the, you know, the end point of all four lines on the X, there's a circle, 
And um, if you are standing on the yellow line, that means that your weapon is now electrified. So you have to wait until an enemy is on the circular part, defeat them, and when they are defeated, because you've hit them with your electrified enemy, they or weapon, sorry, they will um, zap that that circle panel that they're on and activate the oh. switch. This took me forever okay. to figure out. Uh, dude, I was on this thing. I was I was standing on the circle beating enemies. I was like, maybe I have to hit all of them at the same time. Maybe I have like, it took me forever to figure out. But once I, I did, I felt smart. Oh my god, I didn't ever figure that out. This is how I did it. I. At first, I thought it was because I was, like, doing, like, a stun kind of move on them while they were on the circle. So I was like, okay, I have to stun them while they're on the circle. So that's what I was trying to do. But I guess eventually I must have, like, accidentally figured it out and been on the yellow uh, tile because I did eventually get all those puzzles figured out. But literally, I could not for the life of me figure out why it wasn't working. (laughs) I mean, you had pretty much the right idea, like... You were stunning them on the on the panel. All yeah. you had to do is just give them an extra blow and finish them off, and it would have activated the uh, the panel. But yeah, it took me forever to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and there were definitely some rooms that I like. I never actually finished inside of this dungeon because I I you know I I made my way to Synthrova, but there are still some rooms that I need to go back and and clear out. Um, the one thing like it was cool because you got. Like, you got uh, items that you needed, and that was great, but then you don't get to keep them, which I hated. So after the dungeon, it gives you an option of six items, and you can choose to keep two. So for me, I had, like, the big bomb bag, I had a bottle, I had the, the boomerang, I had the fire rod, um, my bow, it's like, etc., etc. And so, like a fool, I was like, well, I bet you the fire rod and the boomerang are going to come in handy, and I, like, what really would have been better is the bomb the bag bottle. and the... And the bottle, yeah. which you which you buy with hard earned money, which yeah. you, which is hard to keep in this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that uh. was that was definitely something. I will say that if you um if you do go back through, I I did happen to do every room because I was so confused that I just finally was like, I'm just gonna go room by room, do it all, and then I'll get it figured out. Um, it's mostly just money that you're gonna lose anyways. And items that you're gonna lose anyways, because you die and you lose them. So it's not really worth it, in my opinion. If you just get the yeah. main thing that gets you to the boss room, that's all you need. Yeah, I mean, like and pretty much bottle. every time I saw a red chest, I was just like, eh, skip. Yeah. Um, because the only chests that you really need are the purple and the blue ones. Right. Those are the ones that stay with you. But yeah, I, uh, I I didn't do all of them because I found Synthrova, and uh, man. What a what a cool boss fight! I thought that this was like really really fun. I popped seeing like Twin Rova, but Synth Rova. I thought that it was clever. I think Cadence of I Rule just does like such a clever job with its bosses, and like they have like pun kind of music names, and they're all really funny. Um, this fight was really really uh, good, I thought. But I can say. If you didn't master how to get those electrical panels, I don't know how the heck you beat this. Well, I think it was easier because there were so many tiles with the electrical panels on the floor. So it made it, now that I'm thinking about it, because I was like, yeah, this was a lot easier than doing them in the individual rooms. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's because there was a lot more that, a lot more uh, yellow that you were stepping on, I guess. 
But I did. I yeah. also thought Twin or Twin Rova, but Synthrova was super cool because I was just talking about a couple episodes ago how excited I was to have her like pop up again, and then here she was, and I was like, oh, that's so awesome! I love these girls, and I just I was super excited to fight them. I kind of do wish that it was more them that I was fighting instead of all the the enemies and then them occasionally throwing fire and ice at me but i understood i understood what was there and it was for some reason easier for me to do than the rest of the dungeon (laughs) so i did really like that portion at least i only died i think twice so i don't know what that tells you but like the dungeons are so bad that i'm dying 50 60 times but i only died twice on twin rova or sorry synthrova uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, I agree. I only I think I died once with Synthrobe, and then I kind of pulled it together my second playthrough and learned what I needed to do, which I appreciate because, like, good God, it's it was nice to not, like, just grind and have to yeah. die once, twice, four times, ten times. So that was that was nice. It was nice. But, yeah, I, I thought that this was the funnest boss fight in the game, actually. I, I had a really good time with this, and probably just because I'm a sucker for Twin Rova, and uh, Synthrova I just thought was really funny That's and really clever. That's a cool clever. name. Yeah, and uh, I, I really liked it. So that was dungeon number one. And then I went back to the Gerudo Arena. And actually, tell me if you did this as well, Al. When I like started Cadence of Hyrule, um, or Symphony of the Mask to be more specific, Deku Village is like directly above uh, the Gerudo Town. Was that the same for you? Yes, it was. Yeah, it totally was right below okay. it. Okay. So I went, I went down there, and I went in... And uh, I thought that the arena was optional, actually. I was like, oh, this is like a cool little challenge that you can do if you want. Maybe, you know, maybe it's an optional thing. And I left because I tried it once. I made it for like, I think about two seconds before I died. And I was like, I'll come back to this. It's probably, you know, it, you might you might get an item or a heart piece if you beat the whole thing. Yeah. So for like the almost the entirety of the game, I thought that this was an optional area. And I was looking for you know, the dungeons in the game. And to be honest, I almost thought that the, the chamber of brainstorms was an optional area too, because it just had that weird kind of like challenge about it. Like all your items are stripped. Like it's, it was so different that I was like, Oh, maybe this is like another optional kind of a thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Did you, did you ever get that vibe or am I again, just like a fool here? Um, I don't know if I was playing it long enough at the point that you brought that up, uh, when we were talking about it, to think that way I just was kind of in there you know putzing around trying to realizing that four hearts wasn't enough to get through that arena and I didn't really think oh god I'm subconsciously maybe I did think that it was optional because I also haven't played cadence so I didn't know the dungeon situation at all yet so I was still kind of exploring the game um so I, I can't say that I did think the same thing, but I understand what you're saying. It does seem it does seem very like Cave of Ordeals, Savage Labyrinth kind of deal where you get right, a, yeah. a super awesome item at the end versus like a dungeon. It didn't feel like a dungeon. Yeah, it uh, it was definitely it, it it was definitely brutal, and I can't imagine doing that with four <laughs> with four. Yeah, hearts, I didn't but... make it that far. <laughs> Eventually, I came back, and uh, I was like, okay, you know what? This has to be the second dungeon. I do want to mention, actually, one thing that was cool. You can talk to an NPC outside the uh, outside the arena, and they mentioned something about Prince Ganondorf. Yeah. And I was like, that would be so cool if Prince Ganondorf, like, 
showed up in this game, and he never does, which is too bad. Yeah, I did see that too, and I was like, oh, Prince Ganondorf came of age? That's like a different take on everything that we know. Yeah, so I maybe we'll get a Cadence of Hyrule 2 somewhere down the line, and like he can he can make his appearance in that. But I, I was really... I was thinking, like, man, maybe we're going to see this guy at the end of the arena or something like that. Yeah. But it isn't, uh, it isn't outworked. The cave of... Or the Gerudo Arena, sorry. If you thought that the opening cave was brutal, this was just on a completely other level. There are five floors that you need to get through, and there's, like, a million enemies on each floor. Um, and then there is a boss at the end. And good God, the... Like, this, I can't think of another word other than just, like, absolutely brutal. I died probably over 70 times. Probably more, to be honest. I don't know. I, I stopped keeping track. Um, it just punishing, relentless, over and over. There is no check marks. So if you die on the fifth floor, you are starting from, from the first floor all over again. There's just, like, swarms and swarms of enemies coming at you. There's every enemy in the game. Um, and they don't, like, they don't start you off with, uh, with the easy ones at floor one. You're right away into it. It is absolutely punishing and very, very frustrating. I had almost full hearts. I was missing one heart, and I still died, like, over and over and over again. I didn't have a bottle, so that made a difference, um, because I didn't have a potion or a fairy. But, like, good God, this was just punishing. Um, I commend you, actually, for beating it without a bottle, because I did have a bottle, and I gave up. I This is where I stopped playing Symphony of the Mask, folks. Like, let me let me say this. I have over 10 hours in this game, and I want to say that um, the majority of it was in this this area. Um, and, I'll, and I will say this, too. I can beat a game like Skyward Sword in eight and a half hours, and the fact that I can't beat Symphony of the Mask in under 10 hours... It's just, that's how punishing this game is. Um, I m kept making it to the fifth floor, and I didn't know how many floors there were, so I was just like, God, I can't even make it halfway through this thing, because I thought there would be more floors. Um, but apparently, every time that I almost beat the fifth floor, I was that close to the boss. So that's even more upsetting. <laughs> but yeah, it yeah. was a very rage-filled experience, because... Like, it is challenging, and that's cool, and if you want that challenge, go for it, but I don't. I'm not that good of a Zelda player or Cadence of Hyrule player at all. I don't need that in my life, so <laughs> this is where I gave up and watched the playthrough and through the end. Uh, you know what? Like, this this was too much, I think. Yeah. Like, it, it was too brutal. It was too punishing. You know what? Okay, give me a checkpoint after I beat one floor. Yeah. And like me, or, or at least. Like the third at floor. Least when give you, us. You, when you have that guy yeah. on the steed or whatever, like that should be a checkpoint. And that guy was was sweet, by the way. He reminded me of King Baldur yeah, from Twilight same. Princess. Same, same. Um, but, okay, so you beat. The, so I, I eventually beat all five floors and I got to the boss and I was like, oh my god, yes. And then I died at the boss um, because it's hard. And I had to start all the way at the bottom, and I was, like, I was raging. I think I, I texted Allison, and I was, like, I can't repeat what I said here on the show, but it was not very nice. <laughs> no, it wasn't nice. Uh, it's, like, give us a give us a, a warp point or something. It's like, I don't know. This was, um, there's a fine line, right, yeah. between, like, 
challenging and too punishing. And for me, this was this was over that line. And I don't want to hear people saying, oh, get good, whatever. Your average player is not going to do... Like, they're not going to tough this out. They're just going to be like, you know what? Screw this. Like, I got better things to do with my yeah, Saturday exactly. night than die in Cadence of I Rule <laughs> Symphony of the Mask a hundred times. I was just thinking so, that. Like, yeah, if other people can do that and they say get good, just be like, I don't have time in my life to do that, man. <laughs> like, I want to play this uh, game and I like the concept of this game, but I don't need to be killed a million times to, like, I just don't need that. <laughs> it, it was just absolutely brutal um and you know what maybe let's kind of give an idea of what we're facing here because there are a lot of new enemies in symphony of the mask and uh let's go over them so you have to fight like your standard moblins and your standard lazalfos and your your whiz robes and the whiz robes are absolutely awful in this one in particular especially the poison ones because they can hit you from afar i like them though those were my favorite enemies to fight uh, not me. They they were awful because they're they're like the definition of hit and run enemies, and you have such a limited time to get over to them and, yeah, and kill them. But that's why the good I... thing about them is if they hit another enemy for you. Oh yeah, that's true. But that's why I liked the skull mask because the spear you had a lot larger reach that you could get to them a lot more quickly. Maybe that's why I liked them more. That's fair. See, I was using the dark net so like you could get the diagonal hit in. Yeah. Which I thought was a little bit safer in terms of taking damage. But like so, we we got we got all your standard enemies from Cadence of I Rule here. Uh, we've got I don't know if this is a new thing or not, but it's this little purple block, and it just oh. pushes you, and it doesn't damage you, but it pushes you towards other enemies, and it's it's Those awful. Guys are dumb. You've got these you've got these snakes that like rush at you, so you got to be really fast in getting rid of them. Uh, you've got Dodongos, which are probably the most brutal enemy. Because the only time that you can damage them is when their mouth is open and shooting fireballs at you. So, like, you're if you damage them, you're probably taking damage yourself. Or you can drop a bomb at them. But if you're a fool like me, who didn't take the big bomb bag from the <laughs> Temple of Brainstorms, bombs are at a premium. So yeah. you don't have a lot of those to spare. So Dodongos, I thought, were especially brutal in this. Um, and the Lynels... Lionels oh, are rough. God. They're rough. I actually, I can't remember now that I'm thinking about it if they were in the base cadence of Hyrule or not. But if they were, you don't encounter very much of them, or very many of them. And in this game, they're all over the place, and they can shoot you from anywhere on the map if you're in their direct line. Um, they can absolutely crush you if they're close enough. They are brutal, as you would probably imagine. Lionels are brutal. Um... And yeah, it's just like there's so many of them. I mean, you've got like, at one point, you've got two Lynels on the screen. You've got four, um, what are those enemies called? The statue ones that come to life? Armos. Armos, yeah. You've got four Armos. You've got a couple Dodongos. You've got, like, there's just like, there's so much going on that it, it feels like impossible. Impossible to do. Yeah, I, it was impossible for me. I gave up. I quit. <laughs> I just rage quit. I will, I will say, <laughs> I I don't think that I utilized my scrolls very well. Yeah. Um, at the at the beginning, and and so when I when I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like I'm either gonna play smarter and beat this because I can't keep doing what I'm doing, or I'm gonna give up. So I I utilized my scrolls a little bit more. I had a couple of the defense up scrolls 
um, that I still had. So I utilized those, and I had, I think, one... It's called the Scroll of Need, so it gives you whatever you need. So it gave me a fairy. So I was like, thank God <gasps> that uh, now I'm at full health. What? But oh eventually, I, I limped and crawled my way up to the fifth floor and then fought King Debongo, Debongo. which is a, an amazing <laughs> pun. And the fight goes pretty much exactly how you think. You have to, you know, get bombs into his mouth. But he is shooting these giant mofo fireballs at you which are super hard to dodge. There's also moblins with bombs running around the screen everywhere, and if you hit them, they drop the bomb, so you got to run away from it, but then you have to run away into the fireballs. It's just like, ah! Um, it was so rough. I didn't it make it that far, so that's good to know, but what you just said about the scroll, whatever you need, oh my god, I'm so upset. <laughs> because I have, like, two of those, and I've never used them because I was just like, these scrolls are dumb. I, like, try to enhance my weapons, but I'm still dying, so I'm just not even going to use them. I didn't know that that thing gave you fairies. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it uh, it did. But, you know, the thing is, is, like, you, you're hesitant, or at least I was hesitant to use them because it's like, okay, well, if I use it now and I die, like, I'm just that oh, much further yeah. behind. Like, I want to wait until I'm, like, going to King Debongo or something like that. So, it, to my credit... To my credit, I, I beat Debongo on my second try, which is pretty decent for Cadence of Hyrule bosses, because, like, I, when I got to him the second time, I was like, failure is not an option, because there's no way that I'm doing this again. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I did it, I've, which was it's, re rewarding, but... It's odd that the bosses are easier than the rest of the game. Isn't that weird? Uh, I, I will say I thought that Debongo was, was actually quite challenging. He was a tough boss for me. Um, Synthrova was definitely the easiest boss in the game, I think. Probably why it's also my favorite. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know what? I had an observation after, and it made me think of the Oracle games, actually. And my observation after I was done was like, okay, after doing the Gerudo Arena and the Temple of Brainstorms, th this is like such an example to me of why you need a, a really nice blend of puzzles and combat in Zelda. Because both of them skewed too far into one direction to be super, super enjoyable for me. Um, you mean in the Oracle games? Well, no, I mean I mean in the temples here. And, oh, and I brought okay. up the Oracle games because, like, you know, it's Seasons is more combat-focused and uh, Ages is more puzzle-based. And I think that, like both of them probably could have been rounded a little bit better with a little bit of the, you know, a little bit more of the element that the other game had. And I feel the same way about these dungeons where like brainstorm probably could have used a little bit more combat and arena could have definitely used a little bit more puzzles. Um, I would say that brainstorm had the perfect amount of combat for me because I couldn't figure it out, but <laughs> at least the arena. Yeah. It could have felt more like a dungeon than, then you're just kind of going through these floors like a savage labyrinth kind of deal and right god even savage labyrinth is not savage compared to the arena so i can agree with what you're saying at least with the arena sense uh for me the brainstorm puzzle uh puzzles and combat were good enough for me well let's talk about the final boss fight you can finally work your way to hyrule castle 
And actually, one thing I was a little bit um, down on was that you walk in Hyrule Castle and there's no, like, there's no dungeon. You just fight Ganon right away. Yeah, you know, I saw that in the play the person I was watching on Twitch, and I actually, for me, if I had made it through the arena, I would have been so grateful because I would have been like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine doing another dungeon and going to a boss battle now because it, like, I was, I don't know about you, but I was tired at that point. I was just tired. So I think they understood that the developers of this game must have understood that, and they were just like, "Okay, you're gonna go fight Ganon now." Yeah, you know what? Um, I I actually totally agree with what you just said, and I'm reversing what I just <laughs> said. Uh, I, typically, I would like yes, to see a little bit of a typically. build up to Ganon, but when you put it that way, thank God <laughs> you could just fight him right away. Um, I do like this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear this, fast forward about one minute. You've been warned starting now but so when you get there the skull mask betrays you basically and goes on to ganon and forms skull ganon which i thought was kind of cool because like kind of again shows that uh that the mask is the treacherous one and it's not skull kid himself uh i i like this i did too um from what i saw and i there was i feel like there's more story at the end than there was at the beginning but um yeah, poor Skull Kid. He was just like, I was told to follow my instincts and my power and my destiny, and this, and I just betrayed everybody by bringing him the mask. It was really sad, but also like it was a good story point. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, you see, poor Octavio in the hallway. He's been defeated by Ganon, uh, and I thought that this fight was like was fun. It was definitely hard, but it wasn't punishing i wouldn't say and maybe that's just because you can literally if you die you respawn right outside and you can start it again yeah um and this was this was basically the same ganon fight as the base game but i i thought that it was cool like skull ganon looked really cool um and i you know i thought that it was uh it was a fun enough fight definitely a just plethora of enemies yeah that you can fight here but i i thought that early i felt clever when i would uh, kind of lure like some of the dark nuts or some of the lionels into the areas where like ganon was about to like um drop. bonsai drop onto <laughs> so like he would just crush them for me so i always felt a little bit clever and i thought that they were more generous here with like dropping hearts than they were anywhere else in the game yeah i did see that too i think um and i don't know if this is going to be a spoiler but the way you finish him off is really cool i just don't like that you have to step into the triforce pieces and that enemies are still coming at you. I don't really like that because you have to stand in that spot for a, a little bit of time in order for it to charge up. And I don't like oh, that there's enemies. I, I do like that. I don't like that. I feel like I'm just like trying to get the game done and defeat this boss. And there's just these annoying, you know, sub enemies coming at me. And there's three Triforce pieces that I have to step on. I did like how it looked when it got him, though. I thought that was really cool. I, I think I kind of liked it because it was like, you know, you're the number one thing that Cadence of Hyrule in, like conditions you to do is keep moving to the beat. So like to stay in one place for oh, such a time is like such a I understand uh, such like a change of of pace for you know pardon the pun there, but um, yeah, I, I kind of like it and like the challenge of like you know it's it's kind of intense. Like you can see some enemies that are getting closer and closer, and you're like, oh, I gotta move soon. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of like it. Okay. But I can see I can see why you don't. I understand what you're saying. And you know what? I forgot to mention this. I was so desperate in the arena that I turned off the uh, the beat, the automatic, like you had to do the beat. I turned it off. 
because I thought it would be easier. And I actually think it's harder because you're not thinking as much as you're supposed to with the enemies. So that's how desperate I was. <laughs> aye, aye. Yeah, I, I've never played with that, but I think... For me, anyways, picking up the rhythm of Cadence of Hyrule is, like, second nature. Like, I play for a little bit, and, like, I'm just, you know, boop, boop, booping right. away. Um, so it, that wasn't too bad. But, yeah, so Symphony of the Mask, I finally beat it uh, late last night. Uh, I think I had a beer after. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked at my – so my final time, Allison, I have a runtime of 824 with 137 deaths. For comparison – my runtime in the base game of Hyrule, which is double the size with double the dungeons, is uh, 9 hours and 30 minutes and 67 deaths. Wow. That was my first ever playthrough of Cadence of Hyrule. Wow, yeah. So that just shows you how brutal this DLC was. And if I had kept going, mine would be worse. My final time was 1043 with 148 deaths, and that's... That's just giving up at the arena. So can you just imagine how much worse it would be if I actually beat the game? Oh, God. Uh, you know, I like I enjoyed myself playing this. There were definitely some parts where it was very frustrating and, like, too frustrating. Like, the Gerudo Arena in the opening cave can't come to mind, and it's just like, this is not fun, this is punishing, and, like, it's... You know, I just want to be done with it. And I and I don't like feeling that way in the game. I think that the rest of the game is really cool. Um, I, I don't think that they went far enough with the mask concept for me. But um, it, it was there and there are some different attacks and different abilities that you do have. So I, I do think that that's cool. One thing that stood out to me, actually... And, you know, th we kind of knew this going into this. But there was only five new tracks for the DLC. Um... But I feel like only two of them were like very Zelda-ish to me. The 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 Deku Village remix uh, yeah. comes to mind, and then there is a song that plays in the Gerudo Arena, and it's like kind of a a really heavy, like almost dubstepy remix of yeah. Gerudo Valley. But other than that, I, I feel like there wasn't like a a whole ton of new Zelda music. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I don't have the experience with Cadence, but. I did like the Deku Palace track. I did really, really like, at least I'll be positive here and say that I like the Gerudo Arena track. Um, the Death Mountain one felt like a Muse song to me. You know what? You know who I do like is the singing shop guy. He's cool. I like him. Oh, that guy rocks. Yeah, his singing voice is You can, you voice can play as him fantastic. too, you know. That actually oh, made me happy. Oh. Yeah, that, that guy owns. <laughs> he, has a, he has sick pipes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, what are your final thoughts about Symphony of the Mask, Al? Um, I will not be continuing it. <laughs> um, however, if it is harder than uh, Cadence of Hyrule and I made it this far, and I still like it, like I like bopping around fighting enemies to the beat, I'll probably actually pick up Cadence and play that instead. Uh, I actually did play through Cadence for about an hour after beating Symphony of the Mask, just to like just basically because I like that game and I wanted to kind of just just to position the two of them cadence is like way way easier and I noticed like right away like there are far less enemies on screen um, link is more powerful man like it's uh it's it's almost a night and day difference wow um I look forward to so it. my final thoughts <laughs> I guess on Symphony of the mask are like I I think that it's really fun I don't know that I could recommend it 
to anyone that does not really love Cadence of Hyrule already and is not really good at it because this is like just so 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 punishing if you're gonna play it you better have patience because you are going to die a lot yeah I I would agree with with that well there it is uh, our thoughts on Cadence of Hyrule, Symphony of the Mask, that's probably going to do it for the Cadence of Hyrule coverage on this show, unless there's ever um, a sequel announced. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that this game exists, and I would be totally down to see, like, a Cadence of Hyrule 2. I love the concept. I would love some more remixes, uh, Ocarina of Time-style remixes or Breath of the Wild-style. I think that'd be so wicked. Um, yeah, I would too. Yeah, it's especially any of the new music to see if... Breath of the Wild to see if they could because you know a lot of people complain about the music in Breath of the Wild so maybe they could remix it in a way that it sounds pretty cool and a lot more a lot more like a bop a beat yeah whoa 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 hold on can you imagine Ooh. the cadence monk mass yes oh, I just had the same thought as you did <laughs> uh, alright guys well that is going to do it for our Symphony of the Mask uh, in review episode. Thank you for listening. And of course, we want you to check us out over on Podbean and iTunes and SoundCloud and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe to the Champions Cast and uh, recommend us to a Zelda fan in your life. Tell them where they can get their weekly Zelda fix. Uh, check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. We are going to get out of here, but we will see you guys next week. <laughs>